0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Penny Lane Podcast with Rogue Moose. Justin and I loved recording this episode, and I know you'll love listening to it. This episode is brought to you by Pennies Going in Raw and Last Bottle Wines.
1: The stock market is hotter than ever right now, and traders are taking advantage. But what does that mean for the people who still haven't started trading? The market can be a little intimidating at first, but you don't have to be alone in the learning experience. We at the Pennies Going In Raw podcast are here to help you. I'm Dan, and with my co-host, Hugh Henney, we make the stock market a fun but informative experience for our listeners. We offer knowledge for all levels of traders, from beginners to those who do it full-time. On PGIR, we discuss up-to-date news about the stock market and interview other traders who all started out just like us and made it big. You'll hear from Hugh and other multi-millionaire traders, founders and CEOs of companies, Fintwit superstars, and even professional athletes. Have you ever thought about investing your hard-earned cash but don't know where to start? Do you have money just sitting in your savings account collecting dust? We were all there once too. Listen to Penny's Going In Raw on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Penny Lane Podcast. We have Rogue Moose for this episode. Um, what would you like me to call you? Would you like me to call you Moose or Rogue Moose?
2: Nah, it could go either way. A lot of people just sort like, it to Moose.
0: I like Moose. Justin's joining us. Ju- Justin, you're on a hot streak with podcast.
3: What do you mean? Just because I've I've got quite the appearance streak going?
0: Yeah, it's really yeah. wild.
3: It's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's hold on. Let's back up. I wasn't supposed to be on this one, so.
0: Because um, Ellis was going to do it?
3: Yeah. I guess Rogue and Ellis have some background. I don't know. Some history? Or Moose and Ellis?
0: He said... Well, Ellis said he was available, but then Ellis got the flu. Ooh. Or not the flu. He has COVID. I don't know. He's very ill. So got it. whatever. I
3: thought Moose and Ellis had some background. So if they
2: don't, I'm sorry. I apologize.
0: Moose, do you know Ellis?
2: I've heard him on the podcast before, but other than that, I don't think so. Cool. Okay. Never mind.
0: <laughs> Justin, we have been doing the podcast, let's call it eight, eight or nine months now. Okay. Um, how many computers have you blown through in that time? Seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez. Yeah. Oh geez, that really got me. So, that really <laughs> got me.
3: You just you burn through it. You just you, when you work this hard, <laughs> you just burn right through them. <laughs>
0: Well, and so today, is this podcast one on a new operating system?
3: It is. Everybody has some background. I just continue to break my laptops. I'm not getting angry. I'm not throwing them out the window. They just freeze. They do blue screens of death, and they die. And I just, like, don't know what I'm doing. And so then I just get a new one. They always say the hardware is bad on it. I'm like, I don't know how the hardware can be bad every time. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, There's
0: one common denominator here, and it's not the hardware. <laughs>
3: it's me. Although, it could be maybe my wife like, just sabotaging how much time I spend on the computer by huh. breaking them.
0: That's cool. I'll side text Kate and see yeah. if that's it.
3: Okay.
2: Neither here nor there, but yeah, here Neither we go. Neither
0: here nor there. All right. Well, Moose, uh, how'd you trade today? Did you trade today?
2: I did. I, I overnighted some TSM for their earnings last night. That worked out quite well. And then Ooh. other than that, uh, these are my busy days. With I'm uh, still a college student, so i am trade when I can. But today was a little busy, so I traded here and there with some spy puts. So overall, pretty good day.
3: Cool. What's,
2: what's busy in college right now? Uh, this is my last semester. So I've got like six classes this semester. So Ooh. that's one of my more busy semesters this year. So got that makes more sense. Got it.
3: And
0: so it's your last semester. Do you have a job lined up or do you think you're going to, you're going to trade?
2: Uh, I've thought a little about both. My mom's, uh, my mom's pushing the go get a job, but in the end, like uh, my end goal is to just trade, but I put in a couple applications and they're both in the financial field out in new york so we'll see where those go heard good things so far so we've got a few Very months cool. to hear
0: are you in the northeast right now
2: uh, i'm currently in the middle of cornfield indiana i go to purdue
0: oh
3: wonderful mm-hmm. that's really wonderful cool.
0: you are friends with our favorite uh <laughs> happy gilmore yeah, yes ma'am Oh, you know, he's in college too. So busy. So proud of him. Just working away. <laughs> so you're in college. How many years have you been trading?
2: Oh, uh, I really got interested in trading my junior year of high school. Uh, I had a social studies teacher. He doesn't know this, but he talked about uh, the stock market one day. And then he went into like people. He's like, uh, people do this for a living. And I don't know if you guys know that, but people just set a home and they trade. And I'm like, well, that's kind of something I have, that sparked my interest from there. He doesn't know it and I'll tell him one day, but <laughs> that was that's where it started for me. And then I kind of just took a deep dive and uh, let's see, I guess that's, I started my first account on my 18th birthday when I, that was my, right after I graduated high school. So I've been trading for uh, almost four years now. So
0: was it a Weeble? I mean, not a Weeble, was it a Robinhood account?
2: <laughs> my first account was a Robinhood account, like everyone else, sadly. There
0: it is. <laughs> Fantastic! Do you still have that Robinhood account? I
2: do. I don't actively. I don't actively, tra- <laughs> I I don't actively trade on it, but I do have it. But uh, I now use Weeble, and then I have a Roth that I trade in TD Trade.
0: Cool. I also have my uh, Robinhood account as well, where I have a, some Bitcoin. Check uh,
2: it I out have it on there. <laughs> I keep a little cash in there. I actually have a debit card from Robin Hood. So I like to, uh, just whatever the little bit of money that I trade in there. I just spend that when I want to.
3: Oh. We
2: have to pause. You,
3: you just said that you, you have a Roth.
2: Yeah, I do have a Roth. I In college, was college,
3: a college student with a Roth plane. I mean why? Yeah, I actually that's started so I
2: got a Roth because Dan and Hugh preach it and that's kinda like where my whole introduction of FinTwit came from is uh their podcast, like I started listening to theirs, and then I got on the whole Twitter FinTwit and uh now I'm here. So now I'm Rogue Moose.
0: Justin, do you know what Dan and Hugh's podcast is? Yeah, of course. <laughs> going in okay. Just, just joking. It's, um, it's a
3: title sponsor, Blaine. I
0: know, <laughs> I know. I just wanted to make sure that you knew. Well, I
3: had to defend myself. Sorry, I got
2: a <laughs> but Yeah, go ahead.
0: Hugh loves a Roth. He'd be thrilled.
2: Yeah, that's actually that's that is the reason I have one. So uh, I listened to that episode, and I was like, you know what? I've, I'm at the time I was like 20 years old, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get a Roth. I don't even know you, Moose. I feel like a proud parent because I wish like I wish I knew that.
3: Like I know when I was in college, which was 10 years ago now, I would just be focused on, hmm, I got $55 in my checking account. I can go out, I can get some drinks, and I can hit cookout on the way home, a little fast food, and then you know, by next week I'll have a little bit more money in my account, maybe like one hundred and twenty-five dollars, and that was the only thing I was focused on.
2: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I try to put a little in there every now and then. I work while I'm up here too, so I try to try to put some of that in there when I can. Just not in too big a rush with it because I can't touch it for a long time. But I think I'll probably end up using it to buy a house in a few years, if that's like because you can early withdraw from a Roth for like a house and down mm-hmm. payment. So yeah.
3: Yeah, but right. at the rate you're going, I don't. You won't need to withdraw from it.
2: You'll just, have, <laughs> that's, just that's the hope. Cash account. Yeah.
3: That's
0: so your awesome. main trading account is Weeble.
2: Yes, because options are there's like there there is actually a little fee. It's a, they advertise no fee, but there's a very very minuscule fee that's basically it makes basically free to trade options on there.
0: Do you have any? problems getting fills on
2: Weeble? uh not frequently but i have sometimes sometimes it depends on like uh the quantity that you're trying to buy so sometimes if you're or like if it's not like a uh, one of the well-known names if i'm playing like something i was playing big lots the other day and i like tried to get filled and try to get filled and i had to like go like i'd say 10 cents above the ask to actually get a fill and i've heard of other people that do struggle getting fills on uh, Weeble though.
0: The other day, I had one DWAC call, and I was up $120 on this one call. And I was like, that's good enough for me. I'm going to go ahead and cash this out. Um, put in the sell order, closed Weeble, opened it up oh. an hour later, and was negative $20 when it got filled. I don't know yep. how that happened, but they, they it makes got me, me- – there too." so angry
2: (laughs) (laughs) I had a I was trading uh, DraftKings a long time ago and I did the same thing and that's the last time I've ever put a stop and not made sure it filled before I walk away I'll never do it again because it did me the exact same way
0: yeah ooh I was mad Justin you you, you, what do you use
2: uh man I feel embarrassed
3: and I also feel like a dinosaur (laughs) by telling you the answer to that
0: you've told me before I just can't think of it
3: I'm gonna tell you, but you then you have to tell me if you know anyone else that uses this, though. Tell me, Street Smart Edge from Schwab. No. Yeah, Do you have like to call them. Dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
3: a good one. Uh, yeah, I have a guy who loves to push me. Um, uh, pink slips. It's great. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's there is a desktop trading platform. It's pretty good. I mean, it's like a. Thinkorswim Jr., it doesn't have quite as many bells and whistles, but it still is good. Um, But it's because I I bank with Schwab, so it just makes it really easy. Oh, yeah. Um, So that's why I kept it. But I do feel like a Florida retiree answering that question. So we won't (laughs) talk about that anymore, Blaine.
0: Moose, you got into Fintwit. Can you give us your sort of path from how you entered Fintwit to where you went to where you are now?
2: Uh, yeah. So I got, a, I was, I had a non rogue moose Twitter a long time ago. I don't have it anymore, but I was scrolling through there and I saw someone retweeted a, a Zach Morris ret- a tweet. All right. And then I was like, who, this is not. And so I clicked on his name and um, started scrolling through his account. I'm like, this is not Zach Morris. This isn't from the TV show. So then I stumbled upon PJ and then I stumbled onto the Atlas where it seems like a lot of people got their, uh into its start so i started looking around the atlas discord and then i had a guy named Massivania on twitter he's got a lot of followers yes, a lot of people know yes. him and he drug me into this discord with it's called giraffes and they originally made it for tall people and i was like oh, okay i'm <laughs> kind of tall so i joined and at the time it was uh like just a couple guys and one one channel that's it just one channel and now it's got close to like 500 members and lots of channels and that kind of like all kinds of stuff in there so then i made a fintwit instead of my i made an anonymous account on fintwit as rogue moose and i think that came from like video games i think but uh, we went with rogue moose and just kind of took off from there now i and a couple other discords and i've made some of my best friends have came from fintwit and I, if Aww. I had to go back, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't I change love, anything I've done so far.
0: I love that. Now, do you know anyone from FinTwit in real life?
2: Uh, not not on like not that I knew them in real life before FinTwit, but now from FinTwit, I know them in real life.
0: Ooh, like who?
2: Happy, maybe one of them, <laughs> and then a oh. few others. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm so jealous. That's awesome. Okay, so happy and a couple others. So you now you've got your friends and you're trading and you're about to yeah. graduate from college and life is good.
2: Yeah, no complaints from me.
0: Um, and you trade options. Yes. Yes. Did you get? Did you go straight into options?
2: I did not. I started with penny stocks and just trading straight shares, like feels like most people did.
3: Uh-huh. Are you trying to st- short
2: penny stocks <clears throat> by chance? I, I not at the start, but probably two years in the trading, I did short some stocks. Nice. Not I know that's frowned upon on friend to it, but yeah. I did, and I mean it's money to be made in that side, and it creates a lot of volatility in the market, which is it's good for the market itself. But uh, I got started on options, and I saw someone post like a hundred and twenty percent, and they did it in like five minutes, and I was like whoa i was like i'm I'm trading penny stocks for like yeah five ten percent so then i took a deep dive into options and it's it's like i don't do drugs but if i did do drugs i feel like this is what drugs would be like (laughs) once you start you don't go back (laughs) (laughs) so those are the good drugs i guess yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's uh it's it's exhilarating and uh it's got the it's it it is addicting. Like I don't think I could go a day and not like look at a chart and then go look at the chain. Like I don't think I could do it if now. So
0: I had to have like a very strong conversation with myself today <laughs> because I had my I was taking care of my nephew all day and he's 4. And I was like, "Okay, Blaine, like you, not a good day to trade." Like I know <laughs> that. I have two kids of my own and I know when they don't have school, like if I'm distracted, I don't trade well. So I'm like, okay, Blaine, like not a good day to trade. And then I just kept walking myself down like, well, what if I put him in front of a movie and like see if that will stick? <laughs> and then would I have 30 minutes at the open and da, 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 Like I just couldn't, I could not just take the day off. And then I traded yeah, and it was a little stressful.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I'll be sitting in the back of class trading like zero day spy puts or something. And then <laughs> it's, it's distracting. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: You are now
3: trading options. And you said it was about two years ago when you were trading penny stocks. Uh, but a- as a college student, wh- what did you do to teach yourself to trade options? I know you joined Fintwit. You were in a Discord. Was Did you just learn by doing? Did you just buy your first contract? And you're like, okay, I get it. And then start strategizing? Or what were the steps that you took to get where you are now?
4: A
2: little both. Uh there's a guy named mr robot on twitter and there's another one named ash ketchum and they kind of mr robot kind of took ash and i under his wing and showed us like a lot about uh, options and just general like trading strategies and stuff and then i took from there and went to youtube and just pdfs i could find on the internet and just reading and reading and everything i could like anything from just like what an option contract is to macroeconomics to how it affects and CPI data and like news and then volatility. And I just try to soak in as much as I could. And yeah. then from there, I like kind of like broke down like individual pieces because I had a broad understanding of what it was. And then I broke it into like how all of the different Greeks impact the contract. And then I broke it into how important open interest is or. How far out the money can you buy before it's not effective against the move that the underlying makes? And then kind of just started from there. But I'd say if it wasn't for like Mr. Robot, like I probably wouldn't trade options. I'd still be in shares.
3: I want to talk about YouTube for a second because we haven't really (laughs) spoken about that much, uh, about YouTube that much at all. And I'm curious is when you're floating around on YouTube, looking, are you looking for people who are – it teaching and doing instructionals like you get from like a college class per se, or are you looking for people who are, they recorded their trading sessions and they're talking through their trades as they're doing it, they're kind of live trading, or is it just straight like tutorial instructional, you know, with, with kind of theories and concepts? Or is it all the above? And do you stick with like one guy or girl when you find them, or, or are you just seeing what, what, what you find as you continue to search?
2: Uh, Kind of both, but I kind of like go found like, I stuck to one specific strategy that I really liked. Uh, it's called the TTM squeeze. And I kind of, and then like uh moving averages and EMAs and that kind of stuff. And then I kind of deep dove on those concepts, but I didn't just stick to one person because then I felt like I wasn't getting like the an equal perspective on like the specific strategy. So I took like a couple of different people. I don't have like one specific person i go to to watch stuff but uh i kind of broke it down more so into the strategy itself and then from there i went to general market concepts Mm -hmm. so i'd say like more of a general overview of the why it works like so why an ema is an ema and why it's not an ma and then what what like the TTM is like actually made up of. So like that I knew what was happening behind the screen, so I knew that was actually happening to the stock, if that makes sense.
3: It does. So this is one thing we haven't talked about or heard about in a long time, Blaine. When you while you were doing that, were you paper trading as well or were you still trading commons and then just kind of taking a trade here or there to learn about options?
2: I wasn't paper trading because Mr. Robot told me that like, if you paper trade, it doesn't give you the emotional side. And yeah. with options, they are super, they're volatile. Like you can lose the entire thing within five minutes if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. So I would take one or two contracts, a small amount so that I would still have the emotional feel of it. Cause that's something that I feel like is like the hardest thing to master is the emotions of trading options.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: I kind of went more that direction question. Okay.
0: Mm, off topic. But <laughs> So I asked Happy Happy if I buy this one contract, can I lose more money than I invested? And he was like, "No, Blaine. You no.
2: can't." Yep. I'm
0: like, "Duh." And I was like, "Okay, great." So, let's say that I buy an option and the stock is like $28. And then it drops to twenty seven dollars, and I'm down like ninety percent. What if the stock just drops to zero? What like ha- Like you lose so much in just like a tiny little move.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, is
0: the last ten percent just not? Is like I don't understand.
2: So if you think about it, 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 we're, it we're trading option contracts. So we're like, actually, we're not trading anything like with the stock itself. Like I literally think of it as I'm trading a contract on a piece of paper and the paper is what the value is and not the actual stock itself. Okay. But it depends on what we're trading because I normally trade weekly options instead of like. I don't, I don't swing anything. Like at the end of the day, I close out all my positions. If I do, it's for like an earnings play overnight or I'm expecting Tesla news or something for say, but that's, I like weeklies in that sense. They are extremely volatile, uh-huh. but as soon as I buy a contract, I set a stop loss at
0: 15%. Okay.
2: So the, my max loss will always be 15%. And then like, if it goes down below 15% and it starts to reverse, I can always buy, I can always buy back. But right. in more times than not, the stop loss has saved me from losing 50 to 60% red rather than me missing a move. Mhm. I would I would rather play more cautious like that and I think that's saved me in a lot of scenarios, especially playing these weeklies that are so volatile like that.
0: I just interviewed Rodessa. No, yep. And he has a rule that you don't play weeklies after Tuesday. Do you have any kind of cutoff on weeklies or like it's Friday and you're still playing them?
2: Oh, no, no, no. I, if it's Friday, I'm still playing them. Zero cool. DTE. <laughs> I, uh, I enjoy the... Now I do, throughout the week, I will, depending on like, so if it's Thursday or Friday, I do take smaller size than I would on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday because the theta decay, which is time, uh, eats more on the contracts itself on Thursday and Friday than it would on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I do take smaller size and I hold for less time.
0: I have a question about Theta. If you buy something and the move you're waiting for takes like four hours instead of 15 minutes, you're not going to make the same amount of money. Is that right?
2: That is that is correct. But okay. the the Greeks like that change like all the time. As soon as the stock moves, the Greeks are fluctuating to represent the price that they are at now. So it's... It's called Black-Scholes theory is the way options are like cal- prices are calculated. But they're always changing in a way to more represents how much time is left on that contract. like like two or three days, but it's changing in microseconds. So the actual, it doesn't look like it's changing, but they're actually always changing.
0: Would you ever sell something because the move wasn't happening fast enough?
2: Oh, yeah, especially on Thursday and Friday. But like today, I... Uh was waiting on spy to drop but i was like oh i have to go to class so it was like one of those things it wasn't like oh but so i had to sell but yeah i would sell if the move isn't happening the way i wanted to just to like prevent the theta decay and then more so like my money could be used elsewhere than waiting on that one play
0: cool how many trades do you take a day usually
2: Mm, i'm not proud of this but it's actually quite a bit usually like 10 or 12 i shoot for like 80% 80% ish on the day. That's what I try to get. But like I was actually telling happy about this last night. I'm trying to be more disciplined. That's my yearly goal is to be more disciplined, take less trades with heavier size than more trades.
0: Okay. So you really could be using your money elsewhere more effectively.
2: Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's kind of my goal.
0: My new year's resolution is to take less than six trades a day. So like if I've burned a trade, I'm I'm just waiting just like watching paint dry, like, well, hadn't stopped yep. me out. Guess we're in this.
3: <laughs> I don't know how to phrase this, but I'm just kind of wondering like to play de- devil's advocate, like the other side, like I understand the benefit of less plays, larger positions. There's, you know, the risk reward analysis there, but what what is the ultimate downside to, to taking as many plays, you know, as you are right now, Moose? I mean, if that's a, that's a strategy, that's working, and you're shooting for eighty percent. I guess aggregate dollars, you might be a little bit lower. But what's like, what's the other downside to it?
2: Stress. Uh, ah, I well, I think last semester dry. in college, <laughs> yeah, last semester in college, I was uh, really stressed, and I uh, I was staring at my screen a lot. But my ultimate goal with trading is to have more freedom. Yeah. So if I can be done at ten thirty in the morning, rather than sit here and Do this all day, then I will gladly do that. But it's it comes down to one of those things that like if I see something and I like I'm pretty sure it's going to move. Like, why wouldn't I take it? So that's the battle I have: is if I see that a move is going to happen, why would I not play it? But a lot of times I'm okay. I'm not one of these people that'll wait and wait and wait for my trade to hit 150%. I'll I'll take most of my position off at 15 or 20%, and then like leave a couple contracts that are free at that point to run or they'll stop out. And I'm okay with that. So
3: that's good. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, you, like we, we actually talked about on the previous episode, like, I don't know. People give you a hard time. If you only made 15, 25, 30 points on a, on a trade. And it's like, well, the whole point is to make money and you made money. So I don't like, what is there to be upset about? Because you left money on the table. If you count those dollars, well, my God, you'd probably be a billionaire. Of course, you're going to leave money on the table. Everyone always does, so there's no way to look at it. So I'm, I'm I'm glad you said that.
2: Yeah, I always feel like you can never you can never catch the bottom, and you're never going to catch the exact top, like the whole cliche thing that everyone always says. But I've been told that if you want to be a full time trader, you have to separate cash flow plays from home run plays, and then cash flow plays are like the key to trading. You can take a cash flow play. Only expecting twenty or thirty-five percent, then rather take every trade as going to be a home run. But the cash flow trades are the ones that are not glorified on FinTwit, and a lot of people aren't okay with taking twenty-five, thirty percent. But I really think that taking twenty-five to thirty percent is it it, it secures your cash, and it doesn't let especially with these weeklies, it secures your cash and doesn't let theta and that kind of stuff eat at your money.
0: I was really hoping you were going to drop a take the meat of the move on us. Uh, <laughs> I, I almost, you were almost <laughs> you're, just, you're right there. So,
3: Blaine, do you know do you know another term for for the cash flow plays?
0: Um, singles it. and doubles. Oh hit. my
3: god, nailed yep. it! <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, awesome.
0: Oh, it took me a second. I really felt the spotlight on me there, but
3: <laughs> delivered <laughs> was,
0: able, was able to do it.
3: Delivered. Yeah. It's uh, a little callback to singles and doubles. It's exactly. Singles and doubles.
0: Yeah. It's also a little callback to our friends from the hall, Dick Eddie. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, we we like to preach uh, that on the podcast. You know, be safe. Take Take your money when you see it. Don't go for home runs. Yeah. All good. I don't know. We like to preach it. I don't know if how well we practice it, it, but we preach it.
3: So well, I don't want to preach anything because that is like (laughs) hypocritical, you know, but I do want to ask a question though, because there's one thing that we talk about a lot and shouldn't preach this, but I definitely do. Uh, And I'd like to know Moose's opinion on it. What is your opinion? You can't really do this with options though. What is your opinion on holding the bag?
2: uh well i mean i did say i put a 15 percent stop loss so i mean like yeah. when i did trade shares i did get stuck in a couple positions and i had to accept the fact that these were never going to go back up and then i think that's kind of where i developed the just let it be red at 15 percent, cut your losses <laughs> and move on yeah. and there's always another play fair enough but if it's in a roth you can hold that for 45 years no big deal Oh yeah, definitely. Put some <laughs> stocks in there that give out dividends
3: and hold the bag. Yeah. We don't <laughs> have to talk about holding bags anymore. But with that see, Blaine, that's one thing that we've preached that I feel like we probably should not be. Mm-hmm.
0: So. <laughs> people really shouldn't take advice from us. We're just we're just conduits here for information from smart people.
3: <laughs> Correct. Yeah. We're <laughs> we're the mouthpiece. So speaking of Moose, what are you offering advice on Discords? Um, are you are you exchanging strategies are you still trading with mr robot are you kind of replicating what what they did for you with other people uh well
2: it's not financial advice but (laughs) i will i will trade i will trade i'll talk to anybody i'll talk to anybody about socks i really enjoy talking about it i'll uh, I'll try to talk to my mom about it sometimes and she just gives me this blank stare and i'm like this makes (laughs) sense you don't know it but this makes sense and uh I'll talk to anybody. I in the drive club, like there's a, a couple of guys in there that I they know that if they have any questions, like if I know the answer, I'll give it to them, and if I don't know the answer, we'll find it together. I uh, I like learning this stuff. I'm actually I'm interested in this, and uh, I'm a sponge. I'll listen to anybody that wants to talk about it. If they have like a new strategy, they want to tell me about, I'll listen gladly. Uh, I I will always talk about stocks with anyone. Irrational exuberance.
5: When it comes to killer wine at drastically low prices,
2: 30 to 70% off retail
5: and free shipping. We live for that here at Last Bottle Wines. Whether you went long or short on GameStop, you'll need a glass of something terrifically tasty. And we've got the goods. Last Bottle is a daily wine site based in Napa, California. One wine every day at Black Swan event prices. Usually 30 to 70% off. Until poof, it's gone. Whether you're a pound-the-table type, think ultra-crisp, quaffable Sauvignon Blanc, or a dividend aristocrat, Burgundy, or Napa Cab, there simply is no better place to buy wine on the web. And they always have free shipping. Last Bottle has a deal just for Penny Lane listeners. Use promo code PENNY, that's P-E-N-N-Y, to save 10% off your next order with Last Bottle. The code is good for one order and one order only, and it expires March eleventh, twenty 2022. So head over to lastbottlewines.com today. That's lastbottlewines.com
3: if you are considering going into the financial services industry in whatever capacity that is it doesn't really matter like is it is that like too close to home for trading like you know you, you like people they've got hobbies that they enjoy doing and then they've got like something that they do for a living that they may or may not be in love with like are you at all concerned that there's too much crossover there and you're just gonna start hating trading
2: uh i Well, when I about two years into trading, I did have to take a break because I got kind of like overwhelmed and bored with it, I guess. But I'm okay. I think I'm okay with it. I did think about that because my I'm getting a degree in like cybersecurity, so it has nothing to do with finance. Yeah. But I I want to see how the bigger money fluctuates and how the bigger money moves, and I want to see it from the inside. I want to soak up, like I said, I want to soak up everything I. Like possibly can. So that's like, I want to see that side of things because that's a lot of the money that goes into the market are from these funds and from these firms. So it's it's more of, I'm thinking of it more of as a learning experience going into it because my end goal is to trade by myself and do this full time. So I think that's another side that will just absolutely change the way I see things. And if not, it was a neat experience. So yeah, it's fair enough.
3: I can appreciate that.
2: Blaine, you've never had any jobs
3: or anything that had any, anything to do with the stock market, uh, financial industries, financial services, right?
0: No, but I am now. So I've worked in real estate for like 16, 17 years now. And it is, I'm understanding the real estate market actually a lot better now than I was before I knew anything about the stock market.
3: Is there a reason for that?
0: Um, I guess I just, like, sort of tie it together. I Well, I'm just also more in tune with, like, the news. Like, you know, before I was just, like, head in the sand, whatever. I don't care. But now, like, watching how, how news affects, like, the stock market and, like, interest rates and all of that, I, it, like, correlates fairly strongly to what's going on in the housing market.
3: Yeah. 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 All that right. makes sense. I think what's noteworthy though, is that Moose is studying cybersecurity, <laughs> but not an engineer. I, I'm not an engineer at Purdue. I'm one of the few. See, but that's, you're also one of the few retail traders that is not an engineer because we have, we have found out that everybody is an engineer. <laughs> yeah. I, ten, 10
0: out of 10. <laughs>
4: And the ones that aren't just host podcasts. So,
3: <laughs> so Blaine, do you want to talk about uh, specific option strategies? Um,
0: no, but I, but I do think our listeners like it when we get like really into specifics. <laughs> if, you, if you have any forest moose, I think people might like to hear specifically what you're looking for.
2: I go into the night, like when I get done with all my homework and stuff, I'll sit down and chart and, uh, When I'm charting, I'm kind of looking on like a larger scale, like time frame, looking how like daily candles closed, and then I'll I'll go down to the four hour, and then if I really like the chart, I'll go down and see how it did in the day. When I first started, I was kind of into like inside days, which I'm not too into anymore. Like the concept of inside days is good, but now I'm more so looking at the longer term trends and where they're heading and where the stock will play. I really like um, Fibonacci sequence which and Fibonacci retracements are. Uh, Something I use like on a daily time frame, Uh Uh, drawing those out from top to bottom to see and like the 0.5 and the 0.618 are the two fibs that are like, you can use them on any time frame and they're good for like a retracement to that and then a bounce off of it. So like in the day, if you, in a bull market, this is my favorite strategy is in a bull market, if the stocks run up in the morning, then they have to come down at some point. So you don't know where they're going to stop, though. You don't have like an intraday support at that level yet. You don't have an established volume profile and stuff around there. So you wait for the run up. And then when it starts to like drop off of what's called the exponential leg, you draw the fib from top to bottom. And then you look down, to see where it's going to come. If it's going to come to the 2.36, the 0.5, and the 0.618 are the three that I like. But what it'll do, it'll drop down to the 0.5 or the 618. And then that's where you'll start to see the reversal back to continued uptrend. And when I first started, that was like the one thing I just I completely nailed down. And I, I'd never say that I've mastered anything, but if there's a trading strategy that I know the best, it's definitely that one. But other than that, uh, I really liked uh, Anna Colling's VPA, uh, Volume Profile Analysis. I've read that probably four or five times now. But, do you uh, know who
0: T- Broda is?
2: I do. I've heard the name.
0: <laughs> Broda loves VPA. I've
2: had so I don't I don't know if there's a person I've been to it who hasn't read that. It's a really good book. I use TTM Squeeze and then I like the 8, 21, 50, and 100 EMA. Explain so to us like what
0: TTM Squeeze is. I don't know what that is.
2: So TTM Squeeze is based off of what are called Bollinger Bands. And Keltner channels, and Bollinger bands and Keltner channels are kind of a way to measure volatility in the market. So you can think of it as like three waves. There's a middle wave, a top wave, and a bottom wave when you're talking about the bands and the channels. So what TTM does, it takes those and puts them into like a histogram shape and a visual with like colors and stuff. But what happens is, is when the Bollinger bands and Keltner channels tighten. That's when a stock is consolidating. So what the TTM does, it takes and and includes volume inside of it. When they're consolidating, it's trying to tell you which direction and when it'll break out of that consolidation zone. And it's doing that by taking the Bollinger Bands and the Keltner Channels and putting them into a visual display for you that's not all over your chart. So what the TTM squeeze is, is the little dots that would appear at the bottom of it. It looks like volume bars on the bottom that you put below the chart and it'll have light blue bars which uh, signals momentum building up and then it'll have red and dark blue bars as well the red is a momentum into the down and then yellow is consolidating momentum that's coming from down to up and then the dark blue is when you go from light blue which is the momentum up starting into the red but There's also little dots on the TTM that represent the level of squeeze that could happen, and uh, there's black, there's yellow. No, wait, wait, let me think of this. There's green, which means there's no, no really, there's no squeeze happening. Then there's uh, black, which is like low squeeze, and then there's red, which is medium squeeze potential, which means that the larger move, it'll be larger than for say like a black squeeze, and then there's the orange squeeze, which I wish I saw more orange squeeze because pretty much anytime I see an orange squeeze coming out of like a, like curling downtrend, I'll, uh, I'll load that pretty heavy because it's like almost always going to happen. Not always because nothing's exact, but that's probably my favorite one out of the three.
0: Cool. I, I didn't know that.
2: I like the strategy, but I want to go back for a second
3: to Fibonacci levels and sequences. Yes. That's two, two questions and then we can jump ahead. Um, but they're basic questions so one, when you're doing that are you are you looking at options charts? Or are you looking at
2: the stock chart? Good question uh both so it depends on what I'm doing uh I look at the first I'm looking at the stock chart with all the indicators on it, but then I'll go into if I'm more so curious of where the price of that contract has been before, I'll go into the options contract chart to see how it moves against the price. So in ThinkorSwim you can overlay charts. So sometimes I will overlay the options chart underneath the underlying chart. Okay. So then I can see see both. But then when you do that the indicators only apply to the uh the underlying chart, not the the option contract chart. Got it. Okay. Second question. It sounds like you already have a pretty good
3: understanding of you know the actual Fibonacci sequence and the significance of that. But how important is that for you to understand versus you understanding what the various levels on a chart actually mean and using them as indicators? Do you need the theory, the actual Fibonacci theory behind <laughs> it? Do you need that base, or do you just skip right ahead and say, I just need to study the action and reaction of it and learn that?
2: Uh, Definitely just the reaction and action of it. There's no, like, (laughs) you don't need to, like, go see that the Fibonacci sequence lines up in flowers and nature. You don't need to know that. But it's more so just the levels that comes with or that you can add into the retracements.
3: Okay. All right. Just wanted to be sure. So... (laughs) you you seem to use a lot of indicators and and i i really appreciate the background about you know overlaying the option chart with the stock chart i don't think that we clarify that enough and if you're taking these day trades i'm assuming you're looking at the options charts but um i you've got a lot of indicators so is there a, i think you walked through the process already but i mean do you ever just start with like two indicators and then are you adding your indicators for more validation or do you just, every time you got like, I got like six indicators (laughs) up and you just start sifting through them?
2: Um, Well, it depends on like the setup I'm playing. So I usually don't use Fibs unless I'm looking for that retracement play. So when I'm usually on a normal day when I'm trading during the day, I only have the EMAs and the TTM up. I don't don't usually throw the Fibs or anything else. But the night before, I'll uh, chart out like levels on the chart, key levels and that kind of stuff that I like. And uh, something I recently be trying, like been trying out, is I'll get on unusual whales and I'll look at the dark pool flow for the tiggers I'm watching, and if there's anything like, the other day Spy had a almost a billion dollar buy. Well, not buy because with dark flow you don't really know if it's buy or sell. Um, so I put that and it tells you the level at which this uh was like where it happened. So I took the like level and put it on my chart to see how it reacted to that level, and then. It turned out that that level from the dark flow was actually uh, an important level that I wouldn't have had on my chart. It bounced off of it like two or three times that day, and I' was so able to play puts off the rejection of it but that's something new that I've like kind of started looking into more than I would have in the past interesting blaine i i, I don't want to say that you're new to options i don't know that that's fair, but you've been trading them
3: a lot more recently. are you right no
0: it seems fair
3: okay are you how do you feel about those uh, kind of not—they're not not necessarily like a strategy, but the tools that that are being used for the different strategies. Is, are do you are you doing the same thing? No, no.
0: Uh, and it could just be that I haven't gotten there. Or I don't. I mean, I'm new, right? And I'm just doing like I'm keeping it as simple as yes possible. And as close to trading commons as possible. (laughs) And then, then, you know, maybe we branch out from there. But basically, I'm just reading the chart with my eyes and finding good entries and exits as if I was trading commons. And that's what I'm going to do until I either learn another way or it stops working, I guess.
2: I think that's smart. Like I wouldn't like recommend a new person, like take on a bunch of different stuff at once. It's just kind of things that I've pulled like throughout learning that I can just pull back when I need them kind of thing. Like have a toolbox, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: It would be great if you could
3: get detailed on this Moose, but how, so you just talked about some very specific uh, strategies for trading options. What, what, what about kind of the traditional old school, you know, the, the golden crosses and the, <laughs> the straddles. I mean, are, are you doing those? I mean, I'm sure when you when if if you are, it's not really you're not identifying them by that name. But did you study those and do you do you apply those at all while trading, or is it kind of just some of these more niche uh, opportunities that while the market is is
2: acting a certain way, you just kind of capitalize on? Uh, I, I'd say again both. Like right now spies in a pretty iffy spot like it's a it's gonna go one way or the other pretty hard it's not gonna top anymore for a while i don't think but i like the eight and 21 ema cross which is kind of what the golden cross is so i like that and i'll watch for that on my chart and i've used it for entries like i use it today with spy and stuff i'll use that on like uh intraday and then i'll keep those emas and stuff on the daily charts when i'm looking for levels just to see where like they're at, but traditional like straddles, not really my thing. I kind of, uh, only take either single puts or calls. I don't really okay play that kind of stuff.
3: Keep it simple, stupid, right? I mean, especially yeah. if you're a lot of those strategies, I think I should clarify for the record they're not, I mean, you're not looking for 80% gains, right? They're looking to maximize gains while minimize losses, but there's a window of how much you can actually make on a lot of those strategies. So I, I, you know, I wouldn't have thought so, but I mean, there's a reason why they're the most popular ones. Um, but, you know, those are for people that use street smart edge. So
2: yeah, they're they're definitely more like <laughs> risk, risk defined and stuff. Like I know uh, yeah. uh, Palmer, who was on the podcast not too long ago, he plays the verticals and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't at the time. I wasn't really like really sure what they were when I started seeing a post about on Twitter. So that was something I've actually been reading about uh, quite a bit here lately. Got it. So are you trading uh, large cap options, Moose? uh yeah but i'll play i'll play anything that i see there's money to be made but usually it's mostly just large caps that
3: makes sense i mean i feel like right now that's that's the easiest thing with the most volatility and 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 there's a lot of money going in in and out depending on the sector so
2: yep i mean the other day i played zynga which is i mean it's nine dollars i didn't even know they had options on it but uh saw it come across unusual whales so i checked it out and then they had some news so i played that and the uh, yeah, they sold. I never would have thought I would have played contracts on Zynga, but a game app developer. Yeah, yeah, I think it's. I think my. I think it came from MySpace. I think. I think that's where Zynga came from.
3: Yeah, the and they just there. sold
2: to. Uh, yeah, take, take Two,
3: maybe Take Two. I think <laughs> we bought them. Massive game company. So yeah, but I assume that that's not usually. I mean, that does not usually have a lot of volume to it, right? So you picked that up on one of your scanners and 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 saw that on your watch list and said today. There's going to be an an
2: opportunity here. Yeah, that was uh, just a look of the draw, saw it come across type of thing. Usually I'm uh, playing like Amazon, Microsoft, AMD and Apple, Spy, like those kind of names. Yep.
0: How important is Unusual Whales to you during Uh, the day?
2: Well, I actually it was what I asked for for Christmas, so it's kind of new to me <laughs> nice. so far. I told my mom, and she, I, like I had to explain to her what it was, and she ended up just telling me and giving me a credit card, that kind of thing. That's what you did. <laughs> and uh, but what else? I. Well, I'm I'm known for liking whiskey, so she did she did give me some whiskey. Well, I'm saying well, like, <laughs> you had her credit card. I'm assuming you, just, you got some other things. I uh, know I wouldn't do my mom like that. <laughs> I use uh, use whales like at night when I'm looking through charts to kind of get a directional sense. Uh, you can go in there and check where like it separates it by uh, order size, and uh-huh. there's like different levels of order. So I like seeing where the more expensive orders with uh, more expensive premiums are doing. So like where in my opinion, the uh, more expensive uh, premiums and stuff are like smart money. So I like to see what direction they're leaning for for the next day, that type of thing.
0: I was trading Lucid today and it was incredibly expensive. I feel like it was more expensive than it usually is. Didn't really love that.
2: I like trading Lucid. It's uh, it's kind of volatile. I like it.
0: Ah, it's my favorite stock. Just... So great, it l- loves to squeeze loved <laughs> love to be in calls when something just decides to squeeze. Always feels lucky and exciting
3: <laughs> and were you trading options on on that? Did I dismiss that
0: yeah, I was i yeah, and they were just they were just expensive they were I, they were expensive interesting. I also did this thing, which i didn't think that I was going to admit on here, but I like. <laughs> sold puts instead of buying puts and was just watching lucid Mm. like tank and i was just getting redder and redder Mm -hmm. and like my mind was just couldn't understand and i was like well maybe it just hasn't tanked like enough but it was like knifing and (laughs) i just was getting so red and i was like Kept looking because obviously I have bought, you know, calls instead of puts before whatever. And I kept looking and I was like, am I like on drugs or something? Like, what is going on? And then I had to reach out to Shark and I was like, what is going on here? And then he explained what I had done, which I must have just like hit a button. I don't know. But anyway, I took a nice loss on those expensive yeah. contracts. Uh, it the I don't know why. I didn't just get out of it as soon as I is it like wasn't computing in my head, (laughs) like (laughs) you know, like if you buy puts and the stock goes down and you're not green, then something is wrong. But I spent way too much time being like, well, I should be right, you know. Did you
3: did did you offload those contracts or did you buy the stock?
0: I sold the contract. I I got out of. Of that play. I don't know Got what it. I did. bottom, whatever I did. Closed down.
3: <laughs> flat, yeah, you, clo- you closed it. Get
0: out
3: of Has Lucid so, gone back up since that knife?
0: Uh, I don't know what it did the rest of the day. I had okay. to stop watching it.
3: That's fair. That's probably good for the mental health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that Google's naked easy. put, you have to buy. I mean, you could buy the stock to minimize, I guess, your loss. But yeah, if Lucid's just going to keep tanking, I there's no point but
2: that's yeah. the whole I've 15. I've fat-fingered
3: 20%. some calls. Oh. Have, have either of you ever fat-fingered anything so severe that it ended in zeros? As in like a couple extra zero. Well, hopefully just one extra zero.
0: I one time tried to buy 10 shares of Tesla and bought 100. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> 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 and then held it through a... Uh, I must have had balls of steel back then like I don't know well actually I do know because I've done done that a few times where I've bought more and then I'm just like well Jesus take the wheel I'm in this play now I'm not like oh let me get back to an appropriate size I'm like well we're either going to win or lose so I like held it through open and at 9 30 and 30 seconds i was up 700 dollars and was able to sell and it was the happiest mistake <laughs>
3: <God>. that's, <laughs> that's a lot moose have you
2: done anything like that uh not that it turned out good but i've <laughs> accidentally bought they call it put button when you switch on we like mobile it doesn't switch like always start on calls or like always start on puts. If you were on puts on another ticker and then you switch tickers and it'll still be on puts, it mm-hmm. doesn't uh, go back. So I've bought uh puts when I thought I was buying calls and that kind of stuff indirectly. It took some, took some losses there.
3: That moment when you've entered an order and you, there's two things happening. You're, you're trying to confirm the accuracy. Like you need a, a second set of eyes to be like, is that right? But you're also like trying to not miss the opportunity to get in and it's a very stressful five seconds.
2: Uh, It's really disappointing when you, when you figure out you were, you were right on the move, but uh, you bought the wrong thing. It's really disappointing. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: I'll say, I'll be honest with you though. It's equally as disappointing to
3: just be flat out wrong. Uh, yes, the market <laughs> will humble you. Uh, Blaine, I think we should ask some fun questions. What do you think?
0: Ooh, sure. Our favorite one that we've been asking.
3: It lead it off.
0: All right. Moose, if you were a stock, which stock would you be? Like which oh. stock represents your personality the best?
2: Which stock represents my personality the best? Mm, That's interesting. Um, goodness. That's tough. Part of me wants to say... I mean, part of me wants to say, like, Ford, because...
0: Ooh, great one. Great. My, my
2: family, we all drive Fords. My papa's a Ford guy. Uh, I come from, like, a really, like, small town, so it's, uh, it's very, like, patriotic and American in a small town. Like, uh, you know, everybody knows everybody, and... I kinda of think that's kinda of what Ford represents as a like an American company. It's like everyone's together type of thing. I could com- I could be completely wrong about what Ford stands for, but uh in my eyes coming from that small <laughs> small town, that's kinda of the that's kinda of what I see and that's kinda of where I'd go, I think.
0: Do you like the the uh jingle or whatever, the slogan built Ford Tough?
2: mm uh, it's not bad. I mean, like TikTok out there has made some weird spinoffs of it, but...
0: Oh, really? <laughs> it's disturbing.
3: So two things. Uh, I saw a meme today that the CEO of Ford is actually Chris Farley's first cousin. I don't, is that
2: true? <laughs> I have no idea. Ah, okay. The, I don't know, but Ford's printing right now for everybody, so...
3: Yeah, so, well, second thing here is I feel like the way that you answered that was like very wholesome. And Blaine, I – so we asked this question. No. Yeah, we did. I thought you answered Ford, Blaine, but it was for a different reason. Is that true? Did you answer Ford?
0: Uh, I answered CCL.
3: Mm. Okay. Because your reasoning – for some reason I thought it was Ford because your reasoning was like, I just like to start off the day pretty hot and then I just fade into oblivion in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) true i feel (laughs) that's what you said
0: (laughs) no it isn't i was like i show up every day and i'm ready to go and feel confident and i'm there and i'm steady and i try really hard that was what i said
3: maybe someone else (laughs) answered that about the starting off all right okay forget it
2: started starting to think i went too wholesome with my answer
3: it was wholesome so (laughs) (laughs) um we asked the guys from the halt this question, and I—well, someone else came up with it. where I can't take any credit, uh, and it was a really good question. I still don't have an answer. Nothing to do with the stock market, but if you could have one useless superpower, what would it be? Useless? Yes. Like it can
2: provide me. Oh, uh, if it can provide me no.
3: Mm. I'll, I'll, do you want to? Do you want me to buy you some time by explaining what they said? Yes. One of them was I wish my I wish my fart smelled like air fresheners.
2: Okay. Oh uh,
3: thought that was a good one. Blaine's was I wish I could snap my fingers and just be in my bed. So like if I needed like a 10-minute power nap, i just snap my fingers and I just go to bed.
0: I've thought about that more throughout the week and like <laughs> how clutch would that be if you were just like at a dinner party seated next to someone that you just hated and you just it's like the ultimate irish goodbye like just snap your fingers you're in the bed you're done you just 86 the whole evening that is not a useless superpower that's a powerful superpower
3: then you gotta just change the name useless, useless.
2: yeah i feel like anything we pick is going to be useful useful to us that's so the
3: wrong adjective it just can't be it, you know, I can't, like I can't non-traditional. Wait,
0: non-traditional. let me finish my rant about, about that. What if with <laughs> the finger snap, you're in the bed in your PJs with your teeth already brushed? Yeah. Can you imagine a better luxury?
3: No, that one's I, good.
0: I, nor can I, face washed. I mean, just ready. Ooh. I just, I want that. It can money buy that because that's what my trading goal will be.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's useful. Yeah. That's very useful. I guess it
3: can't be useless. It's the wrong term. Like, I'll give you one. This is stupid. I wish that I could like taste something and tell you everything that's in it immediately with a hundred percent accuracy every time.
2: You'd be KFC's worst enemy. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> that okay
2: would be
3: all
2: right now th- we've got moose i think if i i kind of liked blames. i was think, i was in class today and this he was lecturing and i wanted to be able to just like snap my finger and like leave my body there so it looked like i was paying attention in class <laughs> but be able to go off and do something else like yeah. so i didn't have to be there just mind bored I guess,
3: yeah, you can just remove yourself from the present for a little while,
2: yeah. Just step yeah. away, and make it look like I'm paying attention, but I'm off somewhere else doing something productive.
3: You, you, you want to be a placeholder, you want to have a placeholder,
2: yeah. That would be if oh, I I would never go to class. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well,
3: make sure your mom does not hear this podcast, or stop
2: <laughs> I'll make sure <laughs> she, she, already, she already knows that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. Well, those are the fun questions I could think of, Blaine, because it's not very fun. So
0: Loved them. I loved them. And Moose, this has been delightful. I'm so glad to get to know you a little bit. And um, you were a fantastic guest.
2: Well, thanks for having me. I was uh, kind of nervous, but uh, I had a lot of fun. It was really fun.
0: Oh, you killed it. Totally. Well, um, this is our third season, and we're hoping to have many more. And I hope that you'll come back and talk to us again.
2: Yeah, you just call me up. I'll be here.
0: All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much to our producer, Joel Edwards and Chesley Lowe for the banjo music. Before I tell you guys about Last Bottle Wines this week, I'm going to ask you for a favor. Please go into iTunes and leave the podcast a review. It helps us so much and we really appreciate it. Hey, Kate. Hey, Justin. Hey, Blaine. Hey, Blaine. What do you have there?
3: We got this box in the mail. This big brown box, and it says on the back, this package contains alcohol.
4: The best kind of package. Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo.
3: Very excited. We we're gonna,
0: opening her up?
3: We're going to open her right up.
0: A little unboxing.
3: A little unboxing.
0: I hope you guys like this ASMR.
3: This package... <laughs>
0: it really was a zip.
3: <laughs> this package comes with, like, the egg crepe in it with... Three bottles of oh, wine, Ooh, perfectly protected.
4: This is serious business. Ooh, and they're pretty
0: bottles. We got oh, a proprietary
3: blend. We've got <laughs> a- Wait, show
0: me the blend. Show me the blend.
3: We've got a proprietary blend.
0: Okay, I mean, it's sort of like blown out. Zoom like it out. Fancy Ooh. dinner party oh. wine. Oh, yeah. Like then that.
3: We, we've got a nice Santa Maria Valley Pinot. Ooh, love Ooh a, pinot. a
0: little Pinot. Love that.
3: Third bottle is called Sleeper Cabernet 2018. Great.
0: You drink it oh, right. I love bit. that label.
3: <laughs> yes. We're very yes. excited. This, no, no problems with, I mean, no concern at all about breakage. It's obviously got here very quickly. Yes. Dropped off downstairs. The most exciting part of this is that the label says from last bottle. So you know exactly what it is. Very exciting.
0: Cool. Now, Kate, did you discover the package or did Justin?
4: Justin discovered it. I picked it up. So I did the heavy lifting.
0: Okay. (laughs) And deserve a glass of wine. Were you excited when you got it? Uh, Absolutely. Anytime I get wine in the mail, I'm in. All right. Now, which one of these are you guys going to open first?
3: I would love to try the proprietary blend from Napa Valley 2017.
0: Let's do it. All right. Well, on our next episode... We can watch you guys get into that. But for this episode, we'll just have an unboxing. Last Bottle Wines, thanks for the packaging and the shipping and everything got there beautifully.
3: Wildly impressed.
0: Talk about a cliffhanger for everybody else. I know. We'll see you guys next time. Cheers.
4: By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the Penny Lane Podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional or financial advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, the Penny Lane Podcast does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. And information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Penny Lane Podcast. The Penny Lane Podcast assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in 3rd party materials or on third party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein.